Wild Mustangs. Those words alone conjure up images of an American West. And although a lot of things have changed, the horses, they're still there. Join us as we meet and talk to people from all walks of life and all over the country that have decided to make these unique American horses a part of their lives. You are listening to No Fences. fun journey for sure so now what made you decide that you wanted to try to to work with a mustang um well i i'm from wisconsin and i grew up in um similar to you i saw an ad and thought this would be a heck of an experience mm-hmm. um you know so i i signed up for the mustang makeover thing out of, out of a whim you know i had I had ridden as a child up until I was about 17, 18 years old. And then when I went to college, you know, no one helped me, uh, with, with horse, you know, horseback riding. So I stopped riding from 18 to, uh, like 24, um, where, you know, when I graduated from grad graduate school. And so, um, you know, I, I had gotten my first horse, um, who I also still have at, uh, you know, right out of school and then, uh, signed up to do the Mustang makeover three months later. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That, that, that really, you know, and the thing about horses too, it, it's not like you, you take a break from, from riding. It, it's not exactly like riding a bike, you know, there, there, you do lose things when you take a long break from something like that. Um, and I think that's going to be my biggest issue. Um, I, I think I've been on, I think I've been on a horse two, maybe three times in the last 11 or 12 years. And most of those times were within that first two or three years of the, of the break, you know, with, with my wife and I traveling around and we go home and one of my friends would be like, Hey, you know, come over, go riding. We have a horse for you and you know, stuff like that. Um, but it's it, it, there. There's definitely a, a little, I think, a little time needed to kind of get things back. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend working with an instructor of some kind, you know, on a fairly regular basis, just to get yourself comfortable and get over the hurdles. Because there's mm-hmm. going to be stuff that just you know that's going to take more than one mind to figure out. And no two mustangs are alike. So you know what might work for one may not work for the other. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's a good deal of work to, to get them to the point where they're, where they're rideable. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I'm sure, I'm sure you know that. Right. Right. Um, oh, and I, I guess really before we go any further, I, I'm going to take a, just a minute to, to introduce you if that's okay. Um, sure. so th- like I said, this is, this is podcast number two, or it will be number <laughs> two whenever I, I, I get it up and going and, you know, I'm, I'm working really, really hard to try to find, you know, guests that that have unique experiences with with these unique horses. And just a, a short time ago, I found a uh, a documentary, uh, which you can watch it on on YouTube right now. It's called Wild Horse Wild Ride, and it's a uh, it's a documentary about the Extreme Mustang Makeover, which we'll we'll get in we'll 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 go down that rabbit hole here in just a little while. Um, really good documentary. And, and one of the individuals that was featured on that documentary that, that really caught my interest just based on her experience um, was our, our guest today, 
uh, Melissa Coolidge, and which you weren't Melissa Coolidge at that time, correct? No, okay. that was before I was married, so okay. I was Melissa Konzelberger. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, you know, I'm very, very thankful that, that you were willing to, to take some time out of your evening to, to be with us this afternoon so or this this evening so thank you very very much for that so i get i guess let's let's talk about the the mustang makeover for a minute i guess the the short of it and if i and you know please fill in any gaps so you you get a horse from the bureau of land management and you have 100 days to start that horse get it under saddle and make it a i mean a, a fairly proficient riding horse in that period of time correct yeah and it's and it's from untouched to riding horse which is an even larger uh gap to cross um you know getting going from you know going from untouched to halter is, is a really really big deal it might be a bigger deal than even getting getting into the saddle mm-hmm. at least for for me who hadn't experienced that before you know with domestic horses they you know, we start handling them early on and there's very little halter training you have to do, or you do it when they're small enough where you can move them around. So now you're taking a full grown horse that's never been handled. So it's, you know, that's, that's one of the bigger challenges. And that's one of the reasons why I like the tip program that they offer mm-hmm. also. And that that's sponsored by the same organization that sponsors the Mustang makeover. So um, the Mustang Heritage Foundation, you know, pays for the, the tip training program as well. Um, and yeah, and it's a great program because, you know, they do, they do cover, you know, they have experienced people covering a part that, you know, just, even if you're experienced with horses, you're just not going to know how to do it unless somebody really helps you. Right. So I was really lucky to be at Texas A&M when I was, uh, because there was a lot of resources there um, that, you know, aren't available in the rest of the country. Texas A&M has a great, you know, horse training program that people actually major in it there. Yeah. Uh, Clinton Anderson has his stable and his people, you know, locally. And, you know, just that that overall know-how kind of spreads through the area. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was just a, you know, I was in a place in my life where I had access to people that I probably will never have access to again, where they had, you know, some phenomenal experiences and were able to help me know, learn about what to do. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, you know, when, when whenever you start talking about Texas horsemanship you know and, and at texas a&m you're you're at the you're in the heart of it right you there. are yeah and I, so i mean i i really it was really a great experience to be there i mean certainly you can learn to do it anywhere but um you know for me it was just you know, i was in the right place at the right time and there was a lot of a lot of really great people willing to help me um which you know i definitely utilized definitely well and so you know so we're, we're talking about you know you're you're taking an, an untouched horse you know, and, and, and doing all that work in a, a hundred days. How, how old was zero when you got him? Two. He he was a two year, boy, he was a big two year old, wasn't he? He is a big two year old. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, and you know, so, you know, for, for people that are listening that, that aren't familiar, you know, I mean, it's that, that, that's a horse that, you know, for, for two years was for for all purposes it, it was a wild animal yep you know it was <laughs> it was out doing its thing running around grazing and one day a, a helicopter swooped in and took it to a holding pen and next thing you know you're in a pen with it yeah yeah so. and i would say so that that roundup process isn't isn't as gentle as it could be um you know and that's one of the things these horses aren't they're not just coming in unhandled they're coming in a little traumatized you know they they've been 
you know, the helicopter, then they, they get loaded onto a, you know, a semi truck, you know, for a couple, you know, it could be a day or two before they get to a holding pen, you know, with no food or water, then they, they get off, they, you know, get shoot loaded so that they can get vaccinated. They get shoot loaded, they get gelded, you know, so that, you know, they're either getting darted or put in a shoot, um, you know, to get handled. Yeah. Um, so they, they, so, you know, they're, what interactions they've had with people by the time they get to you are, aren't the best, right, but, right. um, you know, the amazing thing about the Mustang is they're, they're, they're quite a forgiving animal. And, you know, um, this horse that I trained, it, he's a forever animal in our, in our life. He will, he'll stay with us till the day he dies. Yeah. Um, because he's, you know, in spite of all that, you know, he's come a long, long, long way. And, you know, at this point, you know, I have a two-year-old daughter. Um, I, she's not riding him yet because he's, he's big, you know, compared to her, Yeah. but you know, but she can go out in the paddock with him and he's wonderful. He's always got his eye on her. You know, he'll, ne- he'll, he'll always like swing his hindquarters away from her. If she tries to get near his you know back end, he's very careful and very aware, you know, I would say a lot more than even most of our domestic horses are, you know, just, just knows where he is, knows where his body is, you yeah. know, so it's, so, you know, well, you, you know, well, it's, it's a big hurdle to overcome in the beginning. You do get a really great horse once you put the work in. Right. Right. So you're, you know, talking about when you first got him, how, how, how long did it take you to get him to the point of, you know, just, just, not even a small touch, but being able to just go up to him and touch him, get a halter on him, things like that. Um, a couple of weeks, two, maybe three weeks in, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to have the right facility when they first arrive. You usually want to get them in like in a round pen or something, um, so that you can just work them in the round pen in a safe, safe environment. Um, you know, and, and use your use your body language cues. You know, we spend a lot of time just, you know, just being with the horse. You know. Um, not asking for anything, you know, and, and that helped a lot in addition to, you know, obviously, you know, work, but, you know, there was also just a lot of just downtime sitting there, getting to know the horse and letting them get to know you. Yeah. You know, and if you, yeah, I I follow several uh, social media groups that are, you know, that revolve around uh, adopted Mustangs and you, you see it quite a bit. You know that people that are were able to, you know, in in one or two days, they're they're able to scratch the horse on the the neck or or on the the face, and they've got the the neck collar off. That's not the case every time. No, it's not. <laughs> well, and I'm sure it's dependent on your experience level. I was pretty green too, mm-hmm. so you know. But I also think there's some, you know, even if you look if you look at that if you watch that film, you'll see that there's like you know there's six six different horses I think that they they compare and you're and you see all the horses within the first couple of days and you can see like you know um a, a major broad difference in, in the handleability between the horses you know you know or the one couple that had two horses yeah. you know one was much easier to handle than the other so that kind of gives you a well they had equivalent skill sets and yet one they could you know ride pretty quickly and the other took months um yeah. you know and that that's you don't really know what you're going to get. I'm sure it has something to do with the horse's temperament, but also the degree of trauma that the horse has experienced before you get there. You just don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just the, you know, horses, horses feed off of, you know, your, your emotions. And absolutely, it, it's almost like they can, can see what you're thinking at times. 
and no doubt, you know, that, that can have an effect as well. And, uh, you know, I've seen it in, um, in domestic horses, you know, a, oh, yeah. a, a horse that is completely laid back with one individual that is comfortable around horses might be a little bit more high strung and ready to push buttons with somebody that hops on that might be a little nervous or, you know, a little bit more inexperienced. And, and I'm sure that these wild horses are, are no different. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, these horses are going to be a mirror of whatever you, whatever, whatever you get it, whatever you put in, you're going to get back. So, you know, if you're having one of those days where you're just frazzled and, and you, you know, and you walk in, you know, you might want to just take a break and come back another day or a couple hours later and, you know, clean, clear head, you know? Right. Well, and, and I can imagine that with some people, you know, I'm, I'm very limited as far as, as people that I know, um, that, that have been really involved with these horses. I know some of the, some people that have done the, the, uh, tip challenges, which are similar to what you did, but not on, you know, they're not riding, you you know, I'm, I'm sure that there is the pressure of, I only have this much time left. We need yes. to to get things moving along, which could, you know, set things back just as easily as they it, can it, it progress. Could. It could. And I would say even even um, with my horse, you know, I did the Mustang Challenge. We, we did, like, competitively, we did just fine. We did, you know, I think we were, like, number 11 in the, uh, you know, out of, you know, 40, 50 horses, which for me, my first time, I was I was happy. And I thought he did really well. Um, but uh, I still felt like I needed to take a step back after the 100 days and kind of give him a refresher and slow down and kind of go through things again at a, a more, you know, sedate pace so that we weren't, you know, leaving any holes in the training. Right, right. And and the, the vibe that I got, and I don't know that this is the right phrase to use, you know, there throughout that process, you you kind of had a, a a love-hate relationship with with that horse like I said I don't know that that's the right phrase to yeah to use yeah when... I would say I did um you know I think um you know it was just you know it was it was harder than I probably expected I mean it was nothing like starting a, a domestic horse there was just a lot more a lot more things that you don't you don't experience I mean they are so intelligent it's like it's like having a, a herding dog, you know, if you've had, you know, other kinds of dogs, they're just, you know, they're, they're another notch smarter than, than their peers and they can outsmart you and yeah. they do. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, it, it seemed like you would, you, you would have a, you would have a, a run of time where, you know, it seemed like, okay, this is, this is working. And then he would throw you a curveball, and you were like, well, Okay. <laughs> yes. Let's let's work let's work through this and try to get back up to to where we were. Um no doubt. I mean, you learned you learned a lot of lessons that you are probably still using with with your horses today. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, um you, you do expect, you know, two steps forward, one step back. That's it's it's very normal in horses and and probably even more normal with a horse that doesn't have any expectations, you know. I mean, if you think about a domestic horse, they've not only have they been handled, but they've probably also grown up in an environment where other animals are being ridden. For these horses, it's it's all new. It's all, you know, they don't know what to expect. They they, they don't want they don't want to get eaten. <laughs> right, right. Well, and in, in, in the contest of the uh, 
of the the competition, you know, you're you, you have that 100 days and and you're you are literally starting where most I mean foals, weanlings are are started. You know, you said he was 2 years old. You know, had he been a 2-year-old from, you know, domestic horse that was raised on a farm, you know, he he would have been in a halter and leading for two years, yep. you know, and, and been around people and new and sights and sounds and, you know, horse or dogs barking and car horns, you know, all that kind of stuff for, for two years. In, in your case, you've got a two-year-old horse that that is all brand new. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing you don't even think about until you get the horse home is that they've never had their feet handled. That's a big deal because now their feet have never been done. And certainly, you know, there's some truth to the fact that Mustangs have really good feet. But, you know, any horse's feet that have never been done are, are typically a mess. So you're trying not to push them physically too hard while you're trying to, you know, establish dominance and a relationship and then get them handleable enough to be able to actually do their feet. Yeah. Um, you know, that that was, you know, for me, it was a big stressor it was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to make this horse lame because his feet are too long and we're doing all this stuff. But we have to do this stuff or we'll never get to the feet. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's, it's for their well being. It's for their, yep. their health. Um, and we did end up mildly sedating, I think, the first time we did his feet, which was a good thing. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to wait forever, but even that you have to have a horse that you can sedate and handle. And, you know, if they're really, really frightened, they'll push right through the sedative. So you, you, you've got to be in a pretty good place. Yeah. And, uh, so do you have any idea where he came from originally? Yeah. He was in the Veta Mustang. Okay. The, uh, the little, the three-year-old mare that I got, she's, she's a Nevada horse too. Um, she's a little one though. She's five years old and she's only, she's just shy of 14 hands. She's a, she's a little thing, De- a definite opposite to, to zero. Um, <laughs> well, zero isn't quite as big as he looks. I'm only five feet tall. So he's a uh, 15 two. So he's, oh, okay. he's a decent, okay. he's a decent sized horse, but he's not a monster. <laughs> okay. Okay. So he, I, you know, just, just looking at him on a TV screen, he, he looked much, a lot bigger than that. Um, yeah, it's all relative to the size of the person handling him who's five feet tall. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But I mean, he certainly has enough body to take up a full size adult, and I would I would not hesitate to put anybody on him of any size. Yeah. So now, as you transitioned out, because you know you said you you went from kind of the hunter jumper type riding and transitioned over to endurance riding. Did did you ever make that transition with him? Did you ever use him in? in endurance races um not as much not as much um in part because he's so gentle and he's so quiet that I wanted him to be my home family you know anybody could get on him kind of horse you know you have a horse place like we do we have you know 15 acres and a nice little farm you want to have that horse that anybody can come on and come out and ride Absolutely. he's that horse okay you know and, and and endurance tends to make horses a little bit you know racier edgier you know, I, I don't need all my horses to be like that. Those are, those horses are for me, not for, you know, my daughter or for everybody else. Right. Right. It's like the barrel horses nowadays, you know, you, you go and you watch them barrel race and they're back there crow hopping, just ready to, you know, somebody's on their back. They know that they're getting ready to race. And, and yeah, I mean, this horse is so gentle and he's so like, I did, um, I did a police, um, 
training course with him a couple years ago where that, you know, where we had to like step over fireworks and, you know, they had the police dogs barking at his heels and he had to side pass around the cop car with the sirens going and he can do all of that. I mean, and he was, he was the best horse in the class. They thought I showed up with a ringer, but you know, it's just <laughs> that, you know, I've had this horse 13 years now. And you know, the, the thing is, I don't, I don't even hardly, I mean, I would say I ride him like once or twice a month if that, um, yeah. you know, he's, I don't have to work him all the time. He's the horse that can sit there, you know, for a few months off and you pull him out of the pasture and you put him in a clinic because the other horse you're going to take is lame. And he just, he's just the ringer because he trusts me completely. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's, you know, it's not about him being rusty. He's not going to forget his training. He's plenty smart. You know, it's, it's about the relationship that we've built over, you know, over a decade, you know, and hopefully for a couple more decades, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, I mean, and that's why he has a forever home with us is, is that, is that great relationship. We just trust this horse implicitly with anybody, anytime. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, relationships with horses, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to compare to, to anything else because you do, you know, you do form relationships with, with these animals and they form relationships back to you in a completely different way than something like, uh, you know, a dog does. Um, and I think a, a big part of that is just the fact that, you know, they live much longer than, than, than dogs, but you know, the, the more you're with them and the more time you spend around them, the, the more trusting they get with, yeah. with you and what you ask them to do. And, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's, it's a, a relationship with a horse is a very special thing that I don't think that, you know, people that haven't had that opportunity, I, I don't think that they realize that. No, I mean, I, I really, I'm really amazed that, it, it, you know, while horseback riding is a popular pastime, it's not nearly as popular as you would expect it to be given, given, you know, the popularity of like, you know, pets you know, it there, yes, the investment is big, but you know, a relationship with a horse that the, the 30 year, you know, relationship that you get to have is, is like nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your family, you know, and, and, you know, you're, yeah. you're, pre, you're showing that every day with, you know, with, with your child and, and does your husband ride as well? He does a little bit, mostly though he's, but he, he's very comfortable as a handler. Um, which is perfectly fine with me and he gets along with with you know all the horses really well so yeah and you you said your your kids too yeah my daughter's two and a half um, she's got a pony a Welsh pony named Skittles but I think ultimately she'll be riding zero um, and I expect if when if and when zero gets serious about endurance it would be with her yeah and well, that's that's a good one to you know that's a good one to start for sure um right yeah, it's, you know, it from I, I had a lot of, I, I don't know, I, I tossed so many, you know, different breeds and, and, and individual horses around in, in my head at the time. My daughter is eight. And yet, granted, they're, you know, horses are, are individuals. You can't generalize them just by their, you know, just by the breed. Um, you know, I, I've had a, I've had a lot of Tennessee walking horses and, and I've had a lot of great ones. A lot of, of, uh, of really, you know, laid back walking yep. horses, but as, as a whole, they tend to be a little bit more high strung and I didn't want, I didn't want to get my daughter a horse that, you know, for, for something like she takes lessons 
right now. She, she's taking riding lessons. You know, the, the horses that they start these, these beginner riders on are 20, 25 years old. You know, they're just, they're, they're old. They don't, they don't feel like causing a problem, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're just, you know, they're, yeah. they're laid back due to their age and you know, yeah, they're, they're laid back, but I didn't want to bring a horse to our farm, you know, that my daughter is going to absolutely fall in love with. And, and this horse is already in the back 40 of its lifespan. Yeah. So it, it was a, you know, I, I pitched around a lot of different, a lot of different ideas. And I was like, you know what, we can, we can do this with these, with these Mustangs. I have plenty of time to to, to work with them myself. In the meantime, my daughter can continue her lesson. She can, you know, she'll still be able to go out and familiarize herself with the horses, you know, oh, yeah. make friends with them. But, you know, as she progresses through her riding lessons and she becomes a more confident rider, knock on wood, you know, our, our horses at home are going to be reaching the point of being ready for her. Yeah. And, and we still have, you know, horses that are going to be around for, for a long time. Um, cause she is, she gets very, very attached, you know, to, to, to anything. Um, our, our dog, one of our dogs, you know, she's closing in on 12 years old and she was, she was there long before my daughter was. <laughs> and, and the two of them are best friends and I'm already, you know, my heart, I'm already getting heartbroken knowing that this dog only has a few more years left and it's going to absolutely devastate my daughter um when when she goes but you know so I, I definitely wanted horses that are going to be around and you know with with your daughter it, it's you know it, it's the same way she's she's growing up with this horse oh yeah you know she certainly doesn't realize it right now but as she gets older and progresses and she's the one that starts riding that horse you know that's a that's a relationship that that you're never going to be able to to break up Oh, no, no. And like I said, Mustangs are so, they're careful. Once, I mean, you got to get them through the, the basic training and that, of course, has its inherent issues. But once you pass that, they're such good, I mean, such a good family horse. Like, if I only had one horse, like, this is what I would get because, you know, he can do, like you said, anything, any discipline, any, you know, he could do a parade, he could do a, you know, he could do an expedition, he could be a police horse. Yeah. You know, they're just, once, once you build that relationship, they will they just want to be with you and, and do, you know, do what, what you're doing, you know, but he's also perfectly happy to be on my property and get fed twice a day. And, um, you know, if we don't work with him for a little while, he, he's okay with that too. Yeah. So he's not, he's not a high, ma- he's not a high maintenance animal like so many are. Right. Right. He's just, he's kind of a, an easy keeper that, you know, he's, he's just, he's content just being alive, whatever it is he's doing. He doesn't, you know, he's happy with it. Yep. Yep. As long as he's safe and fed and happy, you know, he's, uh, he's happy. You know, it's funny. He, when we first moved here, um, we, we had our, our first farm was in St. Louis and like for the first maybe three months, he would get out like every single day. And then once he realized that like, yes, we were going to still feed him twice a day and yes, we were always going to be there. He stopped letting himself out. Then we moved to Wisconsin and for the first three months, he let himself out every single day. He just reminds me that he is smart enough to get out if he wants to. (laughs) So he never really went very far. He'd just be in the front yard, like waiting for us to notice. Um, 
but he's kind of got this. They have this other thing. They have a sense of humor that I think is unique to horses. Like they really think they're funny stuff when they do they pull this stuff. Um, <laughs> he's got this jolly look in his eye, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know he thinks he's pretty funny. Right. <laughs> and so, see, during the course of of them them filming that that documentary were you in contact with any of the other competitors at all um i i did meet jesus before the end of the competition because he lived in door county which wisconsin which is close to where i'm from so when i went home to see my parents um that year i i went and saw his mustang um i'm still in contact with him um because he lives about an hour and a half from where i live now um and is still a great uh, Mustang resource. He's just, you know, he, he was another one that really caught my attention. He knows horses. Oh, yeah. You you could tell, you know, he he he, he knew what he was doing with, with that horse. And Absolutely. Total natural and just loves them to death. So he might be somebody else you'd consider talking to. He's really, really talented. Oh, definitely. And- and has continued to do it. You know, I've done one. For me, though, I considered zero a lifetime investment. I, I don't want to do 20. You know, if zero passes away and I'm young enough to do another one, I might do another one. But I don't, I didn't want to just do it and then right. be done. <laughs> <laughs> and, was, and since I'm not independently wealthy, I can't have 100 horses. <laughs> right, right. You know, we're, we're the same way. If it were, if it were me. Um, I, I'm one of those, I'm one of those kind of people that when I start doing something, I want to go all out with it. You know, if, if, if I had a 100 acre farm, it would be full of horses by now, <laughs> but we just have five acres. So, so we're, we're going to stop it, uh, for now at, at two. Um, but now, so now Jesus was, was that his first makeover? No, he's done a few. I think he'd done a few before then. Okay, so he knew the drill. He knew what yeah. was was going, and I, and I'm sure that makes a big difference. You know, somebody like you that had never done one before, you really didn't know what yeah. to expect when you got there. You know, I I didn't. I mean, I I had competed and shown before, but nothing like that. And certainly, I was also like the only English rider. Now they have classes for English versus Western, and you know they'll judge them separately. At the time, I was judged like just like the Western riders. And I'm not, you know, and I'm not Western. The yeah, technique is just, I mean, it's not diff- so different that it's complete, you know, completely a different thing. But, you know, in a show environment, you typically judge it a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that that did cross my mind as I was watching. I was like, if she had made it to the final class, what would she have done? You know, because you had all these guys in there chasing cattle around and we were going to jump you were going to jump okay so so you yeah. did have some experience you got you had him jumping before you brought him there we did okay okay yeah and actually if you i don't know if they have i don't know if it's on the uh netflix well on the video vhs for well i guess not vhs anymore i don't know dvd <laughs> version <laughs> i was given my age here just by that oh, yeah. dvd it's- version there's some outtakes and they show him jumping but the problem with him is he would he would jump the jumps once, but not twice because he's so smart. So the second time he would punt them. Uh, <laughs> why do so I need to do this again, mom? Why do I need to do this? There's, I can just kick it out of the way. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple, there's a couple outtakes that showed that it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, well, I need to get, I need to get that DVD and I did see, 
not too long ago that the Mustang Heritage Foundation does have it for sale on their website. I, I really need to get it um, to be able to catch some of that other stuff, which had I seen that would have would have explained for me the question that I asked you. Because like I said, I was I was saying, okay, it, you know, she's an Eastern or Eastern, uh, an English writer. You know, what 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 would she have done had she made it? you know, to, to that point, which that, you know, I had made jumps and brought them along. Honestly, I didn't really expect to make it to that point. I, you know, I was so new to this. Um, you know, and actually I think I ended up in 11th or 12th place. So I was very close to making it and I kind of had a heart attack. Right. <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't really like, I wasn't going to have that, you know, show like some of those other guys had, you know, I, I was just getting there with the horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can imagine, you know, if if you'd have made it, you know, holy cow, what am I going to do now? I never thought that this was going to ever ever happen. Um, yeah. But you know, you know what? You you have a lot to to be proud of in in what you did. That that doing what what you and those other trainers do in a hundred days is no small feat by by any stretch, and it takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment and, and dedication to, to pull off what, what all of you all do. My, my, my hat is, is off to you. I'm glad that I don't have any time constraint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't worry. I mean, if you have your own horses and you own the horse, I wouldn't worry about trying to, trying to shove it, shove everything into a hundred days. It's just, it's, it's probably, you know, obviously it, it's, it's a competition and they add the stress in part, in part to keep the Mustangs going through the program. They really, you know, some of these people almost do this thing for kind of a, almost like a living, you know, like, you know, the Wiley and Wilsons of the world that do, you know, four or five of these and, and, you know, make an income on, on, on the winnings. Yeah. Um, they need to push, they need to push a lot of horses through to be able to do that. Right. Um, you know, she was actually doing like, she had done one like a month before. So she always had like two or three Mustangs going at a time. I mean, it's, it's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not at that level nor do I, nor do I want to be, I, I wanted to be able to commit to an animal and keep it for a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. So was your mind made up, you know, when, you know, you were going, whenever you went and picked him up or when he was, when he was brought to you, you were going to compete with him. You were going to try to get him and he was going to be your horse. No, exactly the opposite. <laughs> I thought I can't really afford two horses, but I can try this. Oh, Okay. And I changed my mind about two weeks before the Mustang makeover. No way am I letting this horse go. In fact, I, and I really, really couldn't afford a second horse. So I was bartending till like four in the morning, like with a full-time job to keep that other horse. Um, because we built that relationship and it was worth it to me. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I, I, I'd want, you know, that you, you went through a lot. You, you went through a whole lot of, uh, of work and a lot of frustration with with that horse and and it and it made me wonder you know and and, and no doubt the the frustration is uh, those kinds of things are the things that bring you closer ultimately absolutely yeah yeah I totally agree and uh and so so that was it was a it was when you were nearing the end when you were deciding yeah this he he's he's gonna stay with me Oh, financially I had no business taking another horse but you know as an almost 40 year old now I'm glad I did um, so it was worth it. Um, and, uh, you know, right at shortly thereafter we moved to St. Louis, I got my first kind of real job and then we were fine. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. For a while there, it was a little touch and go. <laughs> so, so at the time, so you were boarding him somewhere basically. Yeah. 
it was a self-care facility, so it wasn't very expensive. Um, and you know, you you did everything yourself that helped with the cost. Yeah, and you know, if if for some you know, so so you're 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 not completely ruling out doing another competition. Oh no, I it's really just that I want to be able to to me like for me, at least if my and this may change as my daughter gets older. I only need one Mustang, you know. Um, so, and I plan on a horse that you build a relationship with like that, keeping the horse for the rest of its life. So, I have to be in a play in a position to take out another horse um, or at least be able to take out another horse. And so I have six horses right now and that's enough. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a lot of work, you know, half dozen horses. That's, that's a lot. We we planned our horses around, around having children. So I have six horses. They're all trained. They're all going, they're all, you know, under saddle doing work. Um, So yeah, we, we're, we're, we're kind of all in right now with the number we have, but, um, you know, I mean, I think if, you know, at some point when he, if he go, if he passes of old age, then we would we would definitely get another one or consider it. Yeah. Well, you know, and one of the, th- one of the things in my, my thought process when I was trying to decide what horses I wanted to go with, one of the things that made me settle on, on going with, with the Mustangs, not not really the it's not really the wow factor of being able to say well you know I've my horses are 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 wild mustangs but but I I I hope you know if as my daughter gets older if she wants to compete and I hope she does want wants to to do some type of 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 equine competition you know I I want people to ask what well, you know that that horse is doing really good with or what it well it's a mustang what you know the I want people to be able to see what these horses are capable of, of doing because they really can do any discipline that, you know, that, that people want to do. And yeah, and definitely. I, I hope more people realize that because there, there's a ton of them that need, that need adopting, you know, that need to be adopted. And the, the more that people, I think there's a, there's, there's a definite stigma that's been attached to these horses. And, you know, I, I think it's time that, that that end and people start, to realize, you know, these are, these are really good horses and, you know, not to say that somebody, you know, not, you know, they're, they're very affordable horses. And, and I'm not saying that in a way, you know, it's, it's not cheap to, to own horses. It's not cheap to, to maintain horses by any stretch, you know? So if you, if you can't afford to take care of a horse, you have no business getting one, mm-hmm. you know, but, but these are, these are great horses in there. It's a fairly simple process and, and it's a very affordable route to go. To, to get a good horse. Well, and they tend to be easy keepers too. So once, once you own them, you know, I, I, I'm obviously, my horse, my horse now is 15. That, that film was taken quite a while ago now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and you know, he, he, he's, he's always been an e- easy keeper. Um, so, you know, he's remained an affordable horse. He doesn't really need a ton of care. Um, I, he does, um, He's a little bit insulin resistant, so we don't, I don't let him graze a whole lot, you know, maybe like an hour a day in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to be careful about how much grass he gets, but as long as I'm careful about that and you do, and, and that can be like one of the, one of the biggest challenges with Mustangs is really understanding their dietary requirements. You know, where they come from out West is pretty scrubby, pretty desert, you know, so our, you know, green grass, beautiful pastures, it's a lot for their system to handle. Absolutely. So, 
typically what I do, like in the summertime is I feed them, you know, in the morning and then in the evening, I'll let them out for a couple hours and then give them a flake of hay and bring it, you know, just to get them to come back yeah. in, into, into their, into their area. So I don't want them to be crazy you know, looking longingly at the green grass, not getting it. <laughs> he, he can handle some. Yeah. He just, you know, but this, you know, like right now we're getting into early spring grasses and I won't put them out on grass for the next three or four weeks until that early spring, you know, when we get the, um, at least in Wisconsin, when we get that freeze thaw, the sugars get really, really high when, when it, when, when it freezes. Um, so we, we keep them away from the grass when it, when it gets cold at night like this. Yeah. So, yeah. well, when we moved to, to, to our new, our new place. So the, the first thing to get built was a barn. <laughs> the second thing to get built was a dry lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Be- because we, you know, the, the it's it's the the five acres is just pasture, and uh, it started about two weeks ago. You know, just this beautiful, fast growing, bright green, light green grass. And my wife was like, "Hey, you know, the grass is really starting to go." And I, I look out there, and all I see are you know, foundered horses. If you, <laughs> you yeah, know? exactly. So I caution. Mustangs are going to be more, you know, like a pony, you know, they're going to have, they're going to be more susceptible. It doesn't say that yours will or will not, but I would, I would be careful with, you know, letting them out on, on spring grasses until you're, until you know their metabolic situation a little bit better. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, a a dry lot or a paddock and a grazing muzzle are your, your best friends whenever you, yeah, we actually made, um, like a, well, I don't know, they call them like the pony paradise, which is like a long skinny pasture that they can kind of run up and down. It kind of encourages them to, um, you know, move around a little bit more. Uh, and then, you know, and then we open the gate for the, to the pasture a couple hours a day and, you know, that works. Yeah. That's, not, that's you know, it's a good system. You, you can never be too careful as far as I'm concerned. Years ago when I had, you know, when I had horses before we did have, uh, one horse founder and you know it's just that's something that I'm certainly not trying to to defend it but you know as many horses we as we had that's not a, a horrible record no and you know it's definitely not something that I want to go through again um no. you know we I was I was fortunate that when we you know I, I caught it quick we had a good farrier had a great vet um and ultimately because at that time we had quite a few horses. We had horses coming and and going. Ultimately, we were able to get that horse to a a beginning child uh, handler, not even a rider. Just a you know, all all she was doing was was halter type competitions, mm-hmm. and you know, and and it worked out. But I I, I don't. It, it's not. It's not. It's certainly not pleasant for the horse, and it's very stressful to an owner to have to go yeah, no, go through all it's, that it's, it's a lot more expensive and stressful to to have to go through that than it is to just treat everybody like it's going to happen and you know and act careful yeah uh, an ounce of prevention that's that's yep. the way to to look at it so well you know i i don't definitely don't want to keep i could stay up all night talking about this kind of <laughs> stuff but uh but i won't but like i said i, I really appreciate you taking time you know to to talk with us this evening I thought it was funny when we were when we were trying to set this up it, it really I don't know it, it makes me feel old when I'm I'm trying to set something up and 
you know, you're like, well, you know, can we, can we do it after eight 30? Because I have to get my kid to bed. And I'm like, I'm actually away from my kids for, you know, my, <laughs> my schedule, adult schedules revolve around children and what they're doing. Um, but I, I certainly do appreciate you taking a, taking a few minutes out of, out of your evening to, to do this. And, uh, and share your experiences with you. So thank you very, very much. Thanks for the opportunity. I think that, you know, what I would tell any of your listeners is that for most people, I mean, a Mustang is, is a really great horse. And, um, you know, I'd strongly consider having one in your lesson program or, you know, in your backyard, they just, they're just a reliable, good, steady horse. Yeah. So, you know, Sorry. I mean, and that's what most people need. Yeah, I think a good lesson um, also, you know, from, from your experiences, you know, to, to a lot of people, don't, don't be intimidated. I think that it just the, the, the sound of training a quote-unquote Mustang sounds way more intimidating than it really is. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. You know, one, and, and I know so much more now than I did then. You know, at that time, I was really, you know, applying, you know, the kind of the Texas method um, but, um, now as a older person, I do a lot more ground driving, you know, and you can teach a horse to be fully functional in the bridle before you ever get on that can save your joints and, uh, yeah. and your body in a lot of ways. And so like the last cult I started, um, you know, I had him completely going as basically a driving horse first and boy, did that save me a lot of, uh, pain. Right. And so the, the things you learn as you get older really do <laughs> do help yeah absolutely absolutely um well yeah yeah and, and so you know everybody listening um you know you're you're you you should like i said you shouldn't be intimidated if if you're experienced with horses you can train one of these horses if you are not experienced with these horses you can still train these horses if you find help and yep. right, and now, you know, you were talking about when you did, uh, when you did the competition, you know, what, what was it like, you know, 10 years ago, there are so many more resources now than there were then. Yes. You know, yeah, you, I mean, you were in the horse. really grown. Yeah. And there's a lot of support. Right. Well, that, that's one of the things, you know, the, the, the people that I'm getting are, they're a phone call away and they're anxious to take a call if I need them, you know, they're, they're happy to, to help. And that's one thing that I'm very quickly learning about the, the Mustang community as a whole. Now I'm sure just like any other, any other hobby activity sport, you know, there, there's, there, there's the people that are a, a pain to deal with, but, but by and large, the majority of the interactions that I'm having are very positive and very helpful. And that's a, a very special thing to have is a, a community to, to kind of lean on. So it, it's definitely a, a special, special route to go. And I, I hope more people um, gain an interest in, in doing these things with these sorts of horses. So but, uh, well, I guess we will cut this off for the evening. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, hang in there. You know, there'll, there'll be other episodes. I think I'm going to shoot for every two weeks to the best of my ability. We'll, we'll see if I can maintain that. But, uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, keep an eye out for, for other episodes, other, other things I have going on. And we'll see you all later. 
Well, there you have it. That's it for this episode of No Fences. We hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you learned a little something. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so yet, so that way you don't miss an episode. And also check us out on Facebook to keep up with what we have going on. So until next time, take care. And if you're looking for a horse, adopt a Mustang.